Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Put your trust in God. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Today, we're talking about the business of trusting God. For some of us, that is not easy because we have learned to rely on our own intellect and ability. To trust God is to admit that you can't fix things or you're not able to do what you thought you could do. There was a time that Adam and Eve did not have a problem trusting God, but one day all of that changed. It was the the day that another voice entered their space, turned up uninvited, and all he did was raised questions. On this day, the imposter turned up and he had an audience of one. When you entertain other voices, you know you're heading down a slippery slope because then you are looking at alternatives. The devil did not tell Eve that she should go ahead and eat the fruit from the tree. Rather, this cunning, crafty, conniving creature planted doubt in her head and with doubt comes curiosity and with curiosity comes calamity. If you entertain alternatives, you are diminishing your understanding of God and his power. You cannot play with fire and believe that you won't get burned. To trust God is to admit that you are unable to do what is required. You don't know what the future holds. You do not have power over all your circumstances. That is why the writer says, lean not to your own understanding. To trust God is to know the difference between the good shepherd and the thief. This thing of trusting is a competition, one competing against the other, each being presented as the one to trust. When you find yourselves in this situation, it is your knowledge of God that is going to see you through. You have to know God, his voice, and his purpose for your life. What is being offered to you? Jesus said that the competition for your attention and your trust is down to these two characters. The first one he calls a thief. And he tells you that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief is the one who will abandon the sheep in times of trouble when the wolf is coming. On the other hand, the God who you trust is the one who gives you abundant life. Abundant life comes from the one who leads you to green pastures he provides. Abundant life is the one who protects and he is the one who asks you to trust him. To trust God is to have faith in God. Abraham is known as the father of faith, but where did that faith come from? Abraham and his family, Sarah, and Lot, his nephew, were originally from Ur of the Chaldeans, but his father was bringing them to a place called Canaan. They stopped in Haran, and the father died there. The mission was aborted, at least until God turned up and told Abraham to leave and go to a place that God would show him. It got even stranger. God promised to make him a great nation and they would be blessed. The problem is that at 75 years old and his wife being 65, they could not have children. But what did Abraham do? He still invested his trust in God. Let us use the principles of faith found in Hebrews 11 to explain Abraham's crazy behavior. After all, which sensible, logical thinking man gets up and follows God when he is speaking such weird things? It says that faith is confidence in what we hope for, 
Okay, Abraham and his family were on their way to Canaan before they met God. So that is no big thing, really. You know what you hope for. You know what you want in life. God offers to help you to get there. Or the imposter offers to get you what you want. Who are you going to get your put your faith in? Then it says that faith is a absolute assurance about what you do not see. How can I put my confidence in what God is saying to me when he has not shown me one thing to make me believe that he is going to do what he says? And yet Abraham bought into what God was promising. The part that seals that deal for Abraham is in Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and must believe that he is not a fabrication. God is not some mythical creature born out of the imagination of some human intellect and that God rewards them that diligently seek him. Abraham passed the test. Abraham was able to trust God when he told him to follow him. Abraham knew the biology of his and his wife's body and that it was not likely that they would have children, but Abraham took God for his word. Abraham did not have any history to go by. Abraham simply trusted in God. Finally, in John 16 and verse 33, we hear Jesus telling us to trust him. Yes, I can trust you when things are looking good. I can trust you when things are lining up in my favor. But Jesus, you say that you can take us to a place where we have to remove all the artificial features of our lives and ask us to trust you in bad times. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Trust me totally. I have overcome the world. Translate that to mean that as followers of Christ, we will experience hatred and violence, persecution, loss of property. People are going to hate us. People are going to persecute us. We may have to live through some famine experiences. You may lose your earthly possessions. You may have a season when you are burying one relative after the other in quick succession. You may go through a season when the doctors tell you that you have only a short time to live. In this world, you will have real trouble, but you must trust me. You must, you have to trust me. You cannot take your eyes off of me. You cannot pack up like Ruth's sister and go back to where you were coming from. You must trust me. You must believe that I am not only God of the storm, but I am God in the storm. Trust me because I have overcome the world.